Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is January 28th, 2019. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both from McFlugel.com. Show notes page for this episode will be McFlugel.com slash 129. Uh, we'll post some links for some of the stuff we talk about and uh, also go there or just go directly to LibertyMugs.com and uh, buy some mugs there. And... Uh, you know, maybe there's a birthday coming up for a, a libertarian that you know. That's a perfect gift. Or a birthday of a status that you know. And it would be a great way to uh, make you not get invited to their next birthday party. You don't want to go anyway. No. So uh, before I hand it over to Slappy to introduce our episode topic, I wanted to complain about something real quick. And uh, I haven't talked to Slappy about this. Before no, now. so I don't know what this complaint's going to be. Yeah. Um and you tell me if I'm being unfair or, you know, thinking too much into it. But did you see the story that they found this guy that's like responsible for an absurd amount of Wikipedia content? <laughs> no. I forget what it was, but it was it was like for the edit, like an absurdly high, like a significant percentage of edits. Um, and also, he wrote like a ton of articles. Okay. I mean, Is like his name Rallo? Million. Yeah. I mean, like millions of them for like, I forget what it was. Something like 10. I forget. But so, think <laughs> of like 10% of the edits on Wikipedia. That can't be true. I, um, you know what? I read mostly headlines. So <laughs> <laughs> I did what you shouldn't be doing. But, but he's being. He's being presented, and let's take it for granted. Let's assume that it's true that he that he's just done an absurd amount of work and produced, like because everyone uses Wikipedia. I mean, just think about uh, before life before Wikipedia. Yeah, which was life with the internet, and it had been life for the internet for a while. But like looking stuff up, it took a little bit more time and well, wikipedia i believe now is like you you can use that as a source can't you oh, i would i would hope so like when i was in college you, i remember that our professors our teachers would say like mm, you can't use wikipedia yeah oh, i remember that that's not a legitimate source like yeah. i so you would go to the wikipedia article and look for the sources and then go there but <laughs> yeah. pretty much i mean it's 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 an incredible resource and so this guy did all this stuff, all this time, all this work, all for free. And so how have I been seeing and, – and again, this, this is uh, anecdotal on my part, but all of the reactions I've seen have been just like making fun of the way the guy looks. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I get it. It's the internet, but this is why we can't have nice things because <laughs> this guy does like incredible work. No one asked him to do it. He just spends his own time providing this incredible service to the rest of us. And the response is, oh, that's how I pictured this guy would look. Well, and then like, you know, just, just I, I don't know what he looks like, but a guy who's written 10% of the Wikipedia articles, <laughs> I have an idea. Right. But, and, and it was a little bit, you know, a little bit more than that with it. And, and maybe it's just, and I, I, I realize that I think most people making those comments are just doing it in good fun. Yeah, damn fun. Yeah, but when you take like the uh, the aggregate of all that, 
And like this guy finds, oh, they just did this article about me. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, my life's work. Like, yeah, fat slob that hasn't seen the light of day. And, and I'm just making something up off the top of my head for, but, uh, but it's like, man, it's, that really stinks for that guy. Yeah. But uh, who knows? And again, maybe, maybe I'm just overreacting, but it just kind of struck me as like, man, this guy does th- this incredible thing for the internet, and the internet thanks him by just laughing at him, mocking him. <laughs> but again, it's the internet, so we have to expect these things. And and maybe in the future, and and I do this. I mean, it's it's so easy. It's social media. It is how incredibly easy it is on Twitter to see something that someone does, and you just like reply with mocking it. No, that's why the that's why Twitter exists. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe try to have a little bit more humanity. And I'm saying that as a as for something to do myself. Uh, but then again, I don't like. I don't want to make the internet not fun. Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> fun. So that that's that's what we're transitioning into. We're going to be the fun police. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. And and I know our first two. Uh, Speaking of police, yeah, well, oh, yeah, wasn't that's that's a man <laughs> that would be a good transition if I uh, did that intentionally, but uh, yeah, so uh, why don't you use that instead of uh, me making fun of someone as I was going to do? Yeah, so uh, who would the fun police be in a free society? Uh, Bird Archist and Car Campit, right. And um, who would be the actual police? What would we do with criminals in a free society? That's going to be the topic for today's discussion, uh, which I think is a good one. And it's a tough one. Um, a lot of end caps get that question all the time. Like, what are you going to do? What if there's a guy raping and murdering? What are we going to do with him? If you have no prisons, how would that work? So, um, Rallo, do you have any ideas? Yeah, I mean... Uh- I don't even, how do we want to start attacking this by talking about some of the uh, questions you get or or start from what happens when someone robs you? Let's go with this, right? You're talking to someone, they're hearing your ideas and you know, some of the ideas sound good to them, even though they don't want to admit it, but that's why they continue to ask more questions because it's like, well, yeah, you're right. They could solve clean water with that. But what about this? But what about that? You know, you always get those questions. And one that will always come up is because I'm sure you, you've probably been asked these uh, questions. For example, in Pennsylvania, there's a thing with private prisons. There's a couple private prisons or they might be building another one or something. And the uh, protests that go around... Um, the county seats or wherever when people feel like protesting. Uh, It's all about we can't have private prisons. And my response is always, why do we have any prisons that are the way they are, right? Um, So what do you think? Like, like, let's start there. What what would you do when someone says, well, we need prisons. We got to keep bad guys off the streets. Yeah, well, the first thing I would say is, like, do, do you think that the current system actually works? Um, yeah, it pulls people off the street, but recidivism rates are, are very high. So people come out, people commit a crime, and they go to prison, and, and they get released after they serve their time, and, and a lot of them end up committing a crime again, whether, I don't know, 
if it's normally the same type of crime, but right. Uh, it, it's, I don't know the rate off the top of my head, but it's, it's pretty high. Well, so uh, that right there, I mean, if, if, if the goal of the justice system, what, what is the goal? What should a goal of the justice system be? To lock people in cages. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the goal you would think it, to me would be to keep, you know, you want to live in a safe society. You want to live in a society, you know, or you can at least be comfortable walking down your street, your privately owned street, or walking into a store. If I open a store, I can be confident that if someone steals my stuff, I can get my stuff back or, you know, plus money, whatever. Right. So, so a good justice system would be one that uh, protects your rights. I would say so. Right. So how, how would they go about doing that? I, I, off the top of my head, I'd say there's kind of three parts to that. One is that they uh, make you whole. Another one would be they provide some sort of uh, a disincentive for crime. And I guess that's only two because I don't have a third one. <laughs> You're like, uh, wait, mean, who was it? Or, or, or prevent... Um, who was no, the politician from Texas who had like three points he was going to end and then he forgot them? Is that Rick Perry? Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking uh, something on the podcast was, I was listening to. They were talking about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so there's, because I, I wanted to say like crime prevention, but that's that's basically the same thing as disincentivizing. Crime. Yeah. So so two things. If, if you get... Um, if there's a crime made against you, then you want to be made whole. You, you want to have your property restored uh, the best way it can be because, let's face it, if there's a crime against you, you can never be made completely whole. Uh, there might be some cases where you basically are made. Like if, if someone steals $10 out of your pocket, you can recover that $10. You got the $10. Plus interest. But you've got, I mean, there is some emotional trauma associated with that. And, and maybe you can, the judge will uh, say that it's, uh, that's worth another $2 in pain and suffering from that. So you get $12 in restitution uh, from the, from the criminal. Uh, so it's, I don't know if we want to get into why restitution, why paying, getting paid money is the best best way to provide restitution but even if we just accept it for that i mean it's it's probably the best thing we can do is that because money is a kind of a fungible thing that you can kind of do a lot with so that's kind of the the i don't know and a very agreeable thing among society that that you get money and that's your way of doing whatever you need to so if getting helping you get better uh, is to, I don't know, go on vacation somewhere after you got a crime against you and you can put the money towards that, that's great. But you don't want to have just like this one one thing for everyone. So money's kind of the, th the thing that allows people to do whatever they want. I don't know if that... Yeah, I mean, that's sure. Yeah, okay, so... I mean, money, yeah. I mean, there could be... Uh, what if the victim doesn't want money? What if the victim... I mean, it could be... and It really could be anything, right? Because even if the victim doesn't want money, money is 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 very saleable, so he can exchange it for whatever he wants pretty quickly. Assuming that what he wants is is around the value of the uh, restitution that he receives. Right, right, right. 
So that's why money is is the best. Yep. Um. Uh, where was I going to go from there? Um. I don't know, money but yeah, was- yeah, just make being made whole. I mean, it's difficult. Uh, that's that's the unfortunate nature of it. That's why crime is so bad because you're you're destroying a lot of stuff, and a lot of it's just it's not just physical property. There's there's psychic utility that you're destroying. So it's very difficult to one put a price on that. And, um, also, if you murder someone, obviously there's no amount of money that's going to bring a person back. So uh, it's kind of there's no silver bullet. There's no perfect way to deal with that, but we can have ways that are better than others. So we look at the current system. How's the current system deal with just looking at the victim side right now? Well, I guess we'll take it there. What happens when, when you get a crime committed against you in today's society? You're oh, okay. You're yeah, asking, asking me. You. All right. Well, I, the, so there's civil and criminal court, right? So if you commit a crime, what they say is a crime against the state, you get tried in a state court or a federal court, and uh, that would be criminal charges where you go to go to prison. There's also civil where you can get money. Right. And I believe, I, I'm no legal expert here, obviously, but it's like with, with OJ, he got tried in criminal court for murder, but she was acquitted, but then was found responsible in a civil, so he owed the families of his victims... Or of the victims, uh, some money, right. or lots of money in his case. Do you have to have a civil trial to have a settlement? I don't think so, but I, I don't know. I mean, I would. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I don't know. We would need someone to come and answer yeah. that one. Okay, so part of it is that, like, so the state assumes that uh, you need to be locked in a cage probably for a while right you committed a crime you need to be punished and that's because they say that this the the crime is not just um committed against the The victim victim. right it's all society you're damaging society right but that's absurd i mean so you think why do i care if well not that i don't care but how does it affect me how does it appreciably affect me if someone guy in Washington state uh, picks the pocket of some guy out there? Right. No, it doesn't, obviously. Um, but they do have county courts, right, and state courts, and they have federal courts. Mm-hmm. So I, based on that, I would assume if you commit a federal crime – they're saying that's a crime against the people of the United States, right? Like right. the whole country. Mm-hmm. Um, seems kind of absurd that there's so many federal drug crimes because, like you said, if someone was, say, uh, indicted or charged with a conspiracy to distribute in Washington State, how does that affect you in Pennsylvania? I don't know. Well, here's one. I have no idea. Here's a good one, too. I saw this on the the, lo- the local news was around the story recently. Uh, I don't know much about it, but there's a woman that was very wealthy and she was uh, committing insurance fraud. Uh-huh. They finally caught her and she's gone on trial or whatever. And they were uh, interviewing people that live nearby and I guess kind of knew her or knew of her. And there are people saying like, oh, yeah, I hope they really throw the book at her and lock her up and she 
pays for her crimes. It's like, okay, if she committed insurance fraud, she committed a crime. But why, why do these people care? Are they, were they the, uh, the, the carriers of the insurance policy? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's one thing I, I just, I really don't get that people seem to get very like hungry to see someone yes. go down. And that's um, one of the, that's one of the things that we need to change in order to have what we're going to later talk about in a, in a, how to deal with crime in a, in a libertarian society is that, and a lot of libertarians do this. It's not just statists. It's, it's a lot, uh, unfortunately high number of libertarians fall into this bloodlust for wanting to see criminals pay for their, for their crimes. Like suffer for their crimes. Right? Yeah. Not just pay restitution, but like really have something terrible happen to them. And that's to, to bring in an economic principle behind that, it's very high time preference because, well, first of all, to just to think about you hear someone commits a crime and, and to think that, oh, I want this person to suffer physically or mentally or emotionally before saying, thinking, oh, he, well, you better make try to make whole whoever he uh, committed the crime against. I mean, you're you're just not helping to. Because that's the point of restitution. All right, you you committed a crime, you stole, you you destroyed some wealth or something. So you want you want the person to be restored so that they can continue uh, is as unharmed as possible with their productivity. Um, so if you steal my car, I mean that really hurts my ability to get to to work every day. And if I got to buy a new car, I mean that that doesn't let me do things with my money that would have been more productive. It's the same thing. It's like a broken, the broken window fallacy. It's the same idea there. Um, so you want to be made whole so that I don't have to go through that, uh, all those economic problems. Uh, so to, to just care about suffering and, and, and just really wanting to hurt this criminal doesn't help society in the long run just economically like that. Uh, not to mention that I don't just, I just don't think it's a healthy way to think of go about living in the world. Right. To enjoy seeing people suffer, even though they're, they're not nice guys. Uh, so we need this idea that like punishment isn't necessarily what we're trying to go after with dealing with crime. It's you really need to focus on the idea of making the victim whole. Yeah. Well, that, that's one of the first things. So yeah, you're talking about how, how to handle the crime after the crime happens. Right. One of the things I like to talk to people about is really what is a crime? Because in the United States, I believe it's the highest per capita incarceration rate in the world. If not, it's in the top two or three. No, I'm pretty sure it is the highest. Yeah. So, and, and most Americans or most people, at least I talk about, say we live in a pretty safe country, right? Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they'll credit prisons for that, but, um, really when we go through our lives every day, we're going to stores, we're driving, people get along just fine. You're not typically dodging bullets on your way to work 
or or seeing fist fights all over the streets. So really, what is a crime, right? If we just if the government ceased to exist, there'd be no more drug laws, obviously. Uh, which a lot of crime, even violent crime, comes from the black market for drugs. So when you talk about however many hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions of prisoners we have in the United States right now, like what will we do with them? Well, a good portion of them aren't going to be criminals in a free society. Some of them will, I'm sure. But right off the bat... <laughs> there's going to be less crimes that exist. Um, and so then people will be like, well, why is that good? You know, you don't want drug dealers on the streets, but we could get into that discussion. But the, the short answer is you could buy drugs from a reputable dealer uh, who has a consistent product because they're allowed to make it. They're allowed to try different things, test purity, tell you the strengths, have the, have the product you want and need. Um, and so drugs would be a lot safer. And so since they're legal, you now have legitimate protection. So you don't have to be on a street corner with a gun. You're not fighting the battles for your territories, all the whole whole slew of crimes that come along with the drug trade on the black market would just be gone almost immediately. Yep. Um, so, so right off the bat, there's going to be fewer criminals than we have today. Yeah, absolutely. So do you want to, do you want to, uh, warp into our libertarian society and and yeah let's go there okay so i'll set this up we've we're in our libertarian society no government everything's private and uh slappy you get mugged and a guy steals your wallet or steals a hundred bucks out of your wallet and beats you up pretty good too well so, i just call a car and tell him to give me my money back yeah and uh yeah, well, that's car would just rough you up like that. It's kind of... <laughs> I don't know, he probably had a weapon, really oh, okay. strong one. All right, well, we'll hit me over the that. back of the head. I don't know. Yeah. All right, so I never saw it coming. Yeah, he beat you up pretty good, and uh, so he he's got a hundred dollars from you. Yeah. So we in our I don't know. This might be out. Let's just say this is out of the scope right now for the moment. We have our. Uh, private defense agencies are private police forces that are that we use that we both that everyone subscribes to so you've got yours and and cars got his okay and, so uh, my, my first question is where did this crime take place uh let's say it was just outside your house okay like on 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 the street in your neighborhood Sure, I'm walking down the street or whatever. In your neighborhood, you're listening to a podcast or, or something, and uh, that's why, because you had headphones in. Had so headphones in. He snuck up behind me, hits me over the back of the head. So your insurance agency will say, "Well, you had headphones and you weren't paying attention, so it's on you." We're not paying that claim. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you have insurance. But I saved a lot of money on the premium. It's true. You have insurance for this type of thing, and. Uh, so does car. So you call your, your police service and you say, Hey, this guy car camp it. Uh, and we're simplifying this for a little bit to just say that, Hey, we, uh, we know who the guy is. Yeah. And I mean, not, 
Because if not, then I, I assume, like we, like you said, we have insurance company for this. Obviously, they want to prevent fraud, so they want to prevent me making a fraudulent claim to get money out of them. So they're going to want to see some kind of evidence of this crime. I, since Carr had a pretty heavy duty weapon to try to stop me, um, maybe I had, went to the hospital. Uh, maybe it's on a private street and they have security, so they have cameras or who knows what they, they investigate and find out that yes, I did legitimately get jumped. Um, you know, they're going to do a little research into that, uh, much like, you know, similar to what I, I, I assume the cops would do today. They're not just going to, well, maybe they do just write down a report and let it sit there, but they don't have a profit incentive to do anything else. So, um, you know, where the insurance company does. But really, it would just be kind of the, the sobbing tears when you call them up to make a claim would be enough. For, yeah, okay, this guy got a little bit roughed up. There. Yeah, and maybe it's that, maybe it is, who knows. Yeah. But I'm just saying that, yeah, they're, they want to prevent fraud, so they're going to make sure it's a legitimate claim. So I don't know how this would work exactly, but uh, I would imagine that you're, you're, this is why you have insurance. It's just like if you had car insurance, if you get, if you get into an accident and it's hit and run. Um, yeah, they have ways to solve it. Right, or they'll just up front. They're going to say, "All right, Slappy, you lost a hundred dollars from this uh, mugging. Here's a hundred dollars." And I don't know if they would figure out some additional pain and suffering that would need you. I mean, if he hurt you so bad that he broke your arm, that would probably be part of the uh, the coverage. Right. And then, so what happens now is the insurance. Okay, so let's say after all your pain and suffering, it's now one hundred fifty dollars. Uh-huh. that the insurance determines that you're owed. Or uh, we'll just go with it this way, because I think this is more interesting, because we could just say, I guess the alternative we could say is that we, when you go straight to court, all right, he stole $100, and if you find you guilty, then, but then the judge would also determine that your uh, the pain and suffering would be worth another 50 bucks. But I, I think the insurance way is a little bit more interesting and, and also would lead to more standardization and better ways of determining. Yeah, we can get the courts later when we when we talk right. about cars insurance company fighting it or something. Yeah. We can get arbitration. Right. So your insurance company determines uh, that it's worth $150. So they're out $150. So they just paid you. Um, and they are saying, they're agreeing with you that what happened to you is is no fault to you. So they also kind of don't really want to raise their rates for you um, because then it, it would make you maybe want to look at someone, another carrier. Um, now, if you were at fault or did something stupid that caused it, then, yeah, your rates would probably go up just like car insurance. If you're mm -hmm. if they find out you're a bad driver, they're probably going to you're a higher risk for them. So they're going to they're going to you know, make you pay more. But uh so they're at $150, and you say you know the guy that did it. And so they find out, uh, um, go knock on Carr's door and say, uh, hey, uh, you owe us $150. And Carr says, well, no, I didn't. I don't know who this slappy guy is. I would never go on his podcast uninvited. Um, or steal 100 bucks from him. Right. It's like, get away from me. And so they, they're they not just going to, you know, light him up with bullets or something at this point. They're going to go back and, and he's going to say, oh. But what if Carr has a dog? 
Yeah, well, obviously then they'll shoot it, especially yeah. if it's nine pounds. Right. But uh, Carr would say, uh, okay, well, I don't even want to deal with you with these people, with you people. So uh, here's the name of my insurance company and my police force. So, you know, go talk to them because if, if you know, I'm right. not going to. Uh, I'm going to stop you right there um, because this is what comes up when I, when I talk about these scenarios, right? Is someone will say, well, what if Carr just says, screw you, I'm not paying it. I'm not telling you who my insurance company is. I'm not paying it. Oh, well, uh, then they'll say, well, we have proof. We have pretty good proof that you are committed this crime. And they would probably this is where arbitration might make would probably start uh, coming into play in that they would take it. There would be judges. There would be courts in our private society. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think there still would be things like warrants. Yeah, and I think there would be things like um, like with your credit cards, and you have well, you have a credit report. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of envision something like that, where it's like if Carr has all these claims against him, and he's refusing to pay and refusing to do anything, he's going to have a tough time getting loans, getting jobs, right. participating in society, uh, and people are going to want their money from him. Which is a likely scenario. Like, do you think that Carr would be that type of person in a free society? Well, he's like that in the in the current society. So, so, so why not? <laughs> so, so yeah, um, there would there would be, and and I guess we'll get into. I don't know. Maybe we could talk about it now. Why why a judge would be allowed to look at a case and and make a determination whether or not they think that my, your insurance company is justified to go tell Carr that he must pay. Yeah, sure. We, we can do that. I, I One more just quick note on the credit thing is this is something like that's a way we kind of solve things today without having to use the courts. If you don't pay your bills, at least some of them, I, I don't know. You don't go to jail as far as I know. It's no right. debtor's court. You just get a bad credit rating and now your credit card rates go up. You can't get loans. Um, there's even jobs that check your credit score when you're interviewing. So, and most people pay, I, I believe most people pay their bills um and because and part of the reason they pay their bills on time every month is because they want a good credit score because that opens up more doors for you to do things in the future um it's a good incentive structure yes yes and that's that's the way you have to look like when you're trying to solve problems uh voluntarily and without use of force or government always remember keep it in the back of your head that um Economic promotions and demotions are very good uh, incentives and disincentives for people. That that you know a bad credit score and difficulty to get a loan that's that would constitute an economic demotion and and that's not good for someone for the reasons that you just said. Right. So anyway, it, it's almost like a personal credit score in a sense. Like it, right. it, you know, if if someone makes a bad claim against you and you don't pay it might not hurt you you probably want to get it settled you probably want to go to arbitration because you want it off your record you want to you want to prove that you didn't do it or maybe like we were talking about insurance companies you have someone represent you um that you you get by paying your insurance which would be a relatively low premium because most people aren't committing crimes on a daily basis um but uh I, I don't think that's a small thing, the credit score. I think that's big. Yeah. 
I agree. So, so do you want to talk about uh, the judge? Why, why that society would give the judge? Well, first of all, one of the one of the pushbacks I get on that. So you're going to tell me there's going to be private courts, as if we don't already have them today. But um, wouldn't just the richest guy, the guy who's paying the judge the most, always win because the judge wants to repeat business and wants to make more money? Well, I don't think so. I mean, it's. Uh... I mean, I would assume both parties would have, this is where, and again, insurance would be big is they would have agreements set up because part of being a good judge and attracting business is giving fair decisions. Right. And so if there's a judge giving bad decisions, no one's going to want to use that judge. So there's another incentive for them to be as fair as possible. Um, insurance companies would probably have things worked out uh, where both sides agree to a third party um um, arbitrator, uh, and and even well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But yeah, it just it's that's a that would be a very short sighted uh, business model for a judge to just pick whoever the highest bidder is because it, there'd also yeah, I imagine there would be some kind of appeals process as well. Well, yeah, and on top of that. If uh, well, one, it would kind of be fraud. <laughs> Not kind of, it would be because a judge would uh, his. There's no way he would a judge would say, "Well, I'm just going to uh, rule in favor of whoever has the most money." Right. So if you could, you could bring a case against him and that he's committing fraud and that he just took money from you. Uh, but uh, but no, it, it would be short sighted because that could only work for a little bit because even the rich guy, I mean, chances are the rich guys probably might have to go to court for another, uh, something else completely different. And who's to say he's going to have the biggest pocketbook at that point. So he doesn't, it might work out when, when he can dominate someone in court, but as soon as he's on more of a level playing field, that doesn't sound like such a great deal anymore that, oh, I could just pay off the judge. Well, now he might be going into a bidding war with the other guy to to pay off this judge. And so now it's not nearly as lucrative as it was before. So there's an incentive to just kind of be like, to lead a good life and uh, not have to be in court to begin with. And also that if you do get put into court, that you're that you want the judge to to rule equitably, because most people, if someone goes to court, they probably believe that they're in the right. <laughs> and so they all, of course, they want a judge that has fair decisions because they believe that the judge is going to rule uh, favorably towards them. But we're, we kind of put uh, got ahead of ourselves there because, uh, well, not really. So yeah, that that kind of describes why it actually works out works out well because that describes how you could have a judge give out a uh, a warrant for someone. Yep. Uh, based on this scenario that we've laid out, because he does have a history of good fair decisions, so he can look at this case and say, okay, you've got a case to uh, to you know bring against this uh, car campic character. So he says, yeah, you have a. Uh, you have the court's permission to uh, go go knock on his door, um, and so that creates uh, uh, you know kind of the societal permission, if you will, 
that uh, they, they can go try to get the money from Carr. So Carr says that, uh, well, I refuse to give you any money. Well, he already had a, a pretty reputable judge say that, no, it looks like there's a case against him. So it's going to be difficult for him to get someone to uh, go out on a limb and defend him because there's a good chance that they're going to lose. Uh, but if Carr's not uh, an idiot, he would say, uh, hey, well, here's the number for my defense agency, my insurance company. Why don't you go take it up with them? And so that's what they do. Just like how car insurance works. Like I keep, I keep bringing up car insurance because it's a good foil for what we're talking about. Because uh, it's it's very uh, parallel. Yeah, mo most times, like you're talking about, when you get in an accident, a lot of times a your car insurance company, you don't even know what's going on in the background, but you get right. you get the guy you hit, you get his insurance, you get your insurance, you go make a claim, and they settle it. It's the first thing you do without even thinking. Is yeah, exchange car insurance information. And then you call your insurance company, they write you a check, or depending on the kind of policy you have, maybe you go to one of their mechanics and they send the money directly to them. Whatever the case is, they take care of it. And you don't know what goes on, but as far as you're concerned, you go, it's done, it's over, great. You know, my company took care of me, that's wonderful. And on the back end, they're doing things, talking to the other insurance company, figuring out who's at fault, going to arbitration, the whole deal. And you're not really bothered by it, typically. Okay, so your insurance company gets with Carr's insurance company. Carr's insurance company says, hey, we, we reviewed all the evidence. We don't think Carr, Carr committed this crime against you. Um, and so your insurance company says, well, we disagree with that. And so they go to war, right? Yes, they, they put an army out, put tanks in the street, and uh, fight each other. Yep. Uh, so they, they so when, yeah. they're going to go find a judge. And uh, be an arbiter over this. Now, I don't know that they would pick the same judge that uh, gave the warrant because I would imagine that uh, Carr's representatives would believe that that judge already has a, a bias against Carr. Even though he wasn't saying that Carr did it, he's saying that there's a reasonable case. Reason, it's reasonable to believe that, that Carr is the, uh, is the criminal here. Yeah. Uh, so they go to an arbitrator and they and they have court. And uh, this is when both parties agree, both your insurance company and car's insurance company, and by extension you two, because that would be in your contract. Mm -hmm. and, uh, if it if it has to go to arbitration, you're going to accept the uh, the outcome of the arbitration, unless I guess you could agree or try to take it to uh, appeal it. But that's you know whatever. We don't. I don't think we need to get into appeals. Yeah. Uh, because I think it would work similarly to the way it works now. So they go through the case. Everyone presents their evidence and everything. And it ends up being that Carr is found guilty. Um, and do they sentence him to prison? Um, they probably should. Right. Well, even before we get to there, that means. Yeah, no, I was going to say we got to get to that point about the prisons but um but but even before that that means that um your insurance company can get the 150 dollars from cars insurance company right and uh yeah so of course and then I, I what i think is again that like personal credit score so there's a judgment against them 
um, who knows how the market will determine how long that stays on or how what, what kind of damage it does to your your score. Like if you start out a hundred, maybe if you steal a hundred bucks from me, um, and of course, car in order to get a hundred bucks off me would have to use weapons, like I said. So it'd probably be a big hit on his credit score. Right. Um, you know, I don't. I, who knows what number it goes down? Maybe it goes down to fifty. You know, he's a fiftieth. And maybe 10 years from now, it's back up, or five years, or who, who knows. It goes up as he goes through life without committing any more crimes to get back to that 100 or wherever. Um, I think that would happen. I talked about this on other episodes about uh, what we have today in the life insurance market is the Medical Information Bureau, the MIB, which no one really knows it exists, but whenever you apply for life insurance... Um, you'll put on the application, you're a smoker or, you know, you have diabetes or whatever the case is, you get a code in the MIB, which is completely privately run. It's done by the insurance companies to kind of prevent fraud. And, uh, it, it, it works well. Um, so if, if, you know, it, it's a way for the insurance companies to kind of, they kind of have a record on you, so you can't just go apply to a company and they decline you because you didn't put on the application that you have diabetes and they found out you did, you get an MIB record. So if you go apply somewhere else, maybe their underwriter misses it and they, they give you a policy based on whatever rates for someone who doesn't have diabetes, um, but in reality you do, so it kind of prevents fraud. You know, They're not putting any statements of opinion on there. It's all your, your actual health. So... Um, I, I kind of see that transitioning over in some way, maybe. Uh, and there's another point I want to make about the value that insurance companies have in this situation, because let's say, let's, let's eliminate the insurance companies out of this for a second. And so you take Carr to court directly and the judge rules that Carr is guilty or the jury, whatever, however we... But, but, yeah, just a point you in a, in a market you would have judges who specialize in certain things so if in this case car jumps me um there's an a, there's a arbitrator who really specializes in this type of cases we know that they have a good reputation they know how to handle this we go there or whatever the case is and it's, it's also reasonable to think I, I said jury not by accident uh because i think there might be a case that you'd have professional jury jurors Sure. That are that are good, and and maybe maybe it's better served to have, you know, a a, a group of people make the decision instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason that uh, it's it's out there. So let's say that um, there's no insurance company, and and you're taking Car to court directly. So what happens if Car after this says, "No, I I disagree. I don't want to pay you." Well, you kind of have the court's permission, basically, to go take you know, what's yours. So there's an opportunity for violence there, is what I'm getting at. Um, violence that would be restorative, and so you can you can be made whole. But but that's that's not a good situation. I mean, violence is expensive. Uh, it, it it's not great for anyone even the person that ends up winning or, or is justified in using it, it still comes at a cost. So not only does the insurance, it's there to help make you whole right away, it also adds a layer of buffer against any the need for violence. 
because it's already built into the policy that uh, if they're if you're convicted of your crime, then that's they're going to pay it out. Right. And they'll try to make themselves whole from your uh, acts by raising your rates or maybe even dropping you because they determine that you're too much of a risk to keep to keep on and and losing that uh losing that insurance is would be very very bad um now i'm sure there would be other people other companies out there that would offer insurance but it's not going to be great either the coverage is going to be not great or um or it's going to be really expensive so like we were saying earlier it's, it's that same uh economic incentives there that mm-hmm. it it really pays to be a, a a good behaving member a well-behaving member of society so i don't know if you had anything else to say about that because there's no no god kind of stage of it so let's say yeah let's get to the next stage let's say that this this crime that Carr committed was enough that it's like the, maybe we really don't want guys like Carr out in the street and in a nor- normal circumstances with the state monopoly on the justice system that he would he would be thrown in prison but we already kind of said that we don't want prisons in our free society or at least not at least the not the way they are today yeah. so maybe car maybe get the mug isn't isn't the greatest example but maybe maybe it is maybe it's fine because maybe you're like really upset about it i am yeah, and and you wanna you're one of those uh, high time preference people that that want your uh, pound of flesh too. Mm-hmm. So now there's a situation where there's going to be revenge violence or the the potential for revenge violence out there. So uh, how do you think that gets taken care of in our in our libertarian society? I go track them down and beat the hundred fifty bucks out of them. Yeah. So, well, that would be like let's just say that's what I was I was doing, right? Right. Well, Carr doesn't have his coverage, his protection, and realistically, I mean, let's say doesn't you know the company? The, there's a lot that goes into it. How much protection they would provide for him for this? Um, it's probably going to make the most sense for Carr to pay it. Um, he's had judgments against him, and now someone's out looking for him, and this will make it go away. Um, it's probably best that he pays it and clears that off, you know, his, his record or whatever, but he's really not doing that and he's refusing to pay. And, uh, even though he did it and like, like we said, we went through this whole process, um, and the judge decided he did it and there's a whole lot of evidence that says he did it. Uh, so now his insurance company, uh, did you say they dropped him? No, they didn't necessarily drop him. Let's say he, he hasn't been dropped, but let's say that uh, you know he quit his job a while ago and he can't afford the hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. Um, or, so, um, or let's say that yeah he can't afford whatever. whatever I mean, like now the insur- now his insurance company has lost money on him. Just for the record, Car, if you need a hundred bucks, you can just ask. Well, um, Bird's a pretty soft target, so go after him and and he's. It, yeah, yeah, you don't have to beat me up. And, and so, the, I mean, the reality in this situation, well, whatever, we're just going to run with it. Yeah, let's, um, let's say in this situation, he's committed a crime that's... Dead. And now I want my revenge, because he didn't pay me, put me through all this, I was in the hospital. Um, I want to... Not only that, but 
but let me let me I, I said a little bit. Let's say that he's he commits because I said before that he could either be dropped by his insurance company or maybe they'll raise the premiums on him. Let's say he committed a crime where he he it was enough money that his insurance company had to spend on his behalf that they want they have to raise the rates to a point that he can't afford necessarily. And they don't want to just drop them because then they're going to be out a lot of money. Right. So, and also you're pretty unhappy with them. So what do you think would be a, uh, what could a solution be to this problem? Yeah. It doesn't sound good right now. Yeah. So he's, he owes, he owes a lot of people money here he owes a lot of money and, uh, someone's out to get him. Well, we, also, let's let's also say this because if you get to car and you beat pop, then now he and and he's hurt to the point now he can't even be productive economically. Right, and there's judgments against him, and yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's not in in a very good spot to get uh, to get employment now that he's got this criminal record. Right. So, what? Where well, we talk about the prisons in a free society, as I like, and I think maybe this is where you're going. But what Bob Murphy lays out, mm-hmm. and that there would be businesses that are almost like a hotel. Uh, you can come and go as you please. Um, but it's it's almost like a. Pri- there's going to be a lot of security because they want to protect the people in there. They're for people who can't get protection. Um, and they can go in there and they can work, do whatever to pay off their debts. And uh, it, it's it's easy to get out of if you want to leave, you can, but it's hard to get into. Um, they have a lot of security there to protect the people in there that are paying off their debts, essentially. Right. So this, uh, I'll have this linked in the show notes page. It's Prisons in a Free Society by uh, Robert Murphy. It's a great video. Uh, highly recommend that. But but yeah, it, it creates a couple solutions to kind of everything that we said by this one it i mean it could be it could be in your contract with the insurance company that if you commit a crime that is uh that they don't they won't drop you they won't drop your coverage but they'll say hey you've committed a bad enough crime that we don't want to spend the money to have to always be having uh security around you to guard you from someone you know knocking you off because you let's say you you murdered someone um, you pro- you have a huge target on your back and it would be very expensive for them to always have security around you. So they'll say, hey, if you commit murder, then there's a cooling off period that, that's going to be decided for cooling off the other parties so that they're kind of not forget about you, but at least think that, all right, well. And just yeah one thing for for murder it would probably be a really big price tag right mm-hmm. like you got to pay probably a real lot of money uh in in your for the murder so you're you're either on the run from people uh you can't get work can't get loans can't get housing cuz you have this murder on your record so you can go into these private prisons is that where you're going yeah and also it 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 yeah, one it, it helps you pay. It could help you pay restitution, right? And then you're doing productive work in these places, so you're providing something for society while paying off your debt, and you're protected. Yeah, 
And also, it's like with the current prison systems, it's all about revenge and all about, you know, these people are horrible, you know, not even humans anymore. So we get to treat them really badly. I mean, prisons, prisons, like an really awful awful place. place. It really is. Um, And so it also just makes me feel a lot better that if these are more like hotels and businesses where they're trying to protect you from the outside world and from other people inside and the people there like you're going to be there working to pay off your debts or pay your restitution right they want you to be a productive worker mm-hmm. but prison guards probably aren't going to be treating you poorly you know exactly. one they want to attract people to their place because they want the the work mm-hmm. um i imagine it'd be cheaper labor i don't know um, yeah, who knows what it, I mean? You don't know. You don't know what it would be, right? With the, uh, I mean, with all the technology we have, I mean, there's there's so many people work remotely. They're not uh, tied True. down to anything. And I, I mean, who knows? They might even offer job training programs in there. Right. If you come in off the street and you're just someone never really had a job, you don't really have any skills, but you need to pay off a debt to to someone for a crime you committed, then you know they might say, "Hey, well, you might have to stay here longer." And so the the point of that is that you're you're separated from society, right? Right. So the people who are worried that these dangerous people will be out in the streets, um, well, if they're out on the streets, they're at risk because there's been judgments against them. And so if someone does hurt them, there's really not much they can do, or they can go in here for protection, in which case they're separate from society and they're repaying their debts. So. Um, and it also makes out. it makes the uh, the situation where an innocent person gets convicted it makes the the consequences of that a lot less terrible. Now it's not good that you'd have to be separated from society like that, but I mean you're not you're being treated a whole lot differently. Your environment's going to be a whole lot different. And uh, I mean maybe your insurance co- maybe if your insurance company really believes that you didn't do commit something wrong maybe they send you you know someplace i don't know (laughs) yeah who who knows how they would do it but there would be yeah i mean that's what a market does right so there's it's and it's amazing because when when we first started having this conversation uh or when i first thought of it even when we first were talking about it like half of these ideas that we were just talking about, like I didn't even think of was only through this conversation that we kind of sparked up some uh, other consequences of, of how this arrangement would work. And these consequences are, are for the better. I mean, these little, little things, when you solve this one problem, it, it creates this kind of rippling that solves a lot of other problems too, that you wouldn't think about. So, and this is just two of us kind of. Yeah. And when, Having a conversation on, on a podcast. Can you imagine when there's actual markets and when there's money? millions of people right. thinking about this and trying to solve this problem? Um, certainly would be better than anything we could come up with. Yeah. Um, but these are ideas, and they're based on in reality on things that we see today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's reason to think something, whether this exactly happened or something similar my guess is something even better would happen. Uh, Just like when you look at a lot of things like, like, um, you know, airlines or cell phones or no one imagined cell phones would, like when I had my Nokia, uh, I was playing snake on my Nokia uh, back, back in the day. 
did not even envision a touchscreen, let alone an iPhone with the entire internet and every book I ever wanted. Like that, that wasn't even, there's probably someone who thought about who thought that was the future. Uh, but Paul Krugman famously thought the internet would have about as much impact on the economy as the fax machine did. Uh, so he, he was a smart guy. He couldn't see it coming. Most people can't. It just comes and gets better than you expected it to be. And that's kind of how I think that would play out if you have a society um, you know, that, that respects property rights. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's interesting. I mean, all this stuff is, is, is very fast. And I really suggest going and listening to the, uh, the Bob Murphy talk. Absolutely. So um, maybe if, if you're having a hard time thinking about uh, that it shouldn't be about revenge and everything. I've also have linked uh, the book Resist Not Evil by Clarence Darrow. That was a, a book that really was a turning point for me with how I how I thought about criminals. So I highly recommend that book. And then also I have linked uh, our episode 110. How would fraud be handled in a libertarian society? We we're talking about uh, I think we talked about Bernie Madoff and Michael Vick. About okay. how um, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, like maybe there's certain crimes that that don't deserve prison time, but um, you just get demoted, and so right. you become a little bit riskier. But there there are certain people that commit crimes that they're still can bring a lot of value, and you don't just want to destroy that value by throwing them in a cage for fifteen, ten, however many years. Uh, right, but they would, you know, in order to trust a guy like Bernie Madoff or, or to to risk uh, Bernie screwing you over if he does something that he's, he's got to charge a lot less for his services. So he comes at a discount for someone willing to take a risk. And uh, if he ends up being a criminal again, well, then they didn't really spend that much on him. They took a took a flyer on him and didn't work out. But if if he does turn around, then, hey, they uh, they can make out really well and he can he can build them himself back up so uh, there's a ton of parallels out for all this all this kind of stuff so i think we covered kind of soup to nuts uh yeah it's a good overview yeah i mean there i mean there could be something where they determine that uh if car won the case yeah um, we could have got into that it might there might be a well. Car doesn't. Uh, there's nothing else that goes on. Maybe they. Uh, I'm sure the insurance companies. Ways well, you want you want to protect against frivolous right. lawsuits, right? Like I don't want to just. No one would want me. So that would probably go on my record that I brought a case that I failed at. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably wouldn't be as damaging as actual someone actually committing the crime, but if this is something I'm doing every day, my score is going to go way down. Right. Um, yep. And I would imagine that the uh, your insurance company would would put some effort into it on the front end to make sure. Of course, before they bring it, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a lot of because then they uh, they're losing money if they're def- constantly defending me. Right. And a lot of this stuff we're talking about it because we're just kind of talking off from the seat of our pants. Yeah. A lot of these arrangements would already be made. Like this would be part of your contract. Your and people would generally know how this this. I mean, this would be society. Like today, we don't really. Most people don't really think about it. It's like uh, you sold drugs, you go to jail. Right. Um, and that's kind of how we see this going. 
you commit a crime, this is how it's handled. Yep. So uh, uh, your car, your mugging days are, are over are, once we are uh, numbered. Yeah, get a uh, libertarian society. Yeah. All right, you want to do the free market success story? Yeah, you got one. So this one's a little bit different because we had uh, one of our friends, Denver Libertarian, uh, sent me something. He just wrote an article, and it is called A Brewing Battle, Home Brewing Outside of the Home, and that is linked on the show notes page in fool.com slash 129. So he's he's talking about something that's going on, and I think it's in Denver, but in Colorado. Yeah. I assume so. But local to him, there's a... There's a, a, a brewery that came up with this idea since a lot of the uh, uh, the out beer brewing laws are kind of weird and stupid and um, it's very difficult. Not an to, argument. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult to uh, to be a home brewer and try to sell sell your beer, especially if you want to do it at any sort of scale. And so they figured out this way. And also with with being small breweries that they have like weird rules about where your, what your brewing equipment is and, and where it can be located. I think you have to have the brewing operation on the premises. Uh, so it makes it, it, it adds, it creates a lot of hassles and everything for these people, especially uh, the smaller scale stuff, whether it's home brewing or just small brewer, microbrewery. Microbrewery. So what this company did was that they have this contest where they bring in a bunch of home brewers and allow them to use their equipment to brew beer. And then there's different, uh, different stages, like a, almost like a playoff, I guess, that eventually one guy wins. And I think they allow, they kind of sell his beer right. at this place. So it's a, it's a pretty clever way. And this is, I said it before, I forget what pod, I think it was on this podcast, but like, the free market's like a virus that like you can't st- like you can't stop it's like a zombie virus you can't stop it um, because people are always trying to figure out ways to uh, to improve their lives and make make their lives better and and by extension bring values to society so even with all these onerous regulations and government making stupid laws preventing you from doing the stuff you want to do people still find ways and it's, it's incredible. So that's why it would be great if, uh, if people were actually unleashed from all the tethers from the government and be able to put all this cleverness to, to more productive uses instead of just trying to go around red tape. But it's still amazing that despite all the red tape and regulations, that they're still able to figure out ways to, to benefit everyone. So Mm -hmm. go, go uh, on the show notes page and check out this story. It's a good read. And uh, I want to thank the Denver Libertarian for, for sending that to us. Uh, anybody else, more than welcome to send us ideas for free market success stories or, uh, or even episode topics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a couple. Yeah. So uh, with that, again, for the millionth time, show notes page is mcflugel.com slash 129. Uh, we've got links to some of the things we talked about, as well as go check out libertymugs.com. Uh, I don't know that we have any free market uh, justice system uh, mugs no, out but, there. But maybe we should get some. Maybe we should. 
I support private courts. I'm sure that will be a great seller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why not? Yeah, well, there's only way one, only one way to. You know what? People out there, prove me wrong. When I go uh, put that mug out because I didn't think it would really sell. Go, go and prove me wrong. Buy a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Of Buy so, multiple. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. Peace. Peace.